And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It is Friday the 13th. See, I did that for emphasis to kind of scare you. I'm not really scared about Friday the 13th, although I guess I should be given the past two weeks or two and a half weeks of trading in the markets. But oof, it's a good thing I had a great vacation that was rejuvenating because it has been nutty. All right, but uh, let's not dwell on that because those are things that are going on in the universe uh, over which we have no control. Let's be honest. And uh, I, I'm so sick. I, you know, sometimes I have to keep CNBC on in the background just to keep an eye on markets. So I know while I'm doing other stuff, I make sure that I don't need to be doing something for CBS. And the nonsense that is uttered on that network is beyond belief to me. The people who come on and say, oh, yeah, you should go to cash now as if they know when to get back in or, you know, this is what we should do. You should rotate to this. They don't know jack come on. I wish that there were somebody who would go on the air there and say, I represent a large financial institution. And what we're telling people is not to do anything because we don't know any better than anyone else does. Could you please? Oh, God, it's really it's drivel. Um, If anything, I would just I should probably just have a ticker running. That would be the better thing for me to do the old time ticker. Like my dad used to be a big tape reader. He loved the ticker. Um, I remember he used to take me to, uh, he worked on the floor of the American Stock Exchange and in the members room, there was an old ticker tape machine and the ticker actually would come out. That's my earliest memory of uh, markets. That's how old I am. 
All right. Uh, This is the program that takes the mystery out of your financial life. If you've got a question, just go to our website, jillonmoney.com. Click the contact us button. Do let us know if you would like to come on the air and join us. However, we've been doing emails this week because... I just, uh, you know, because there's too much, there's too much action and I don't want to delay too long with some of the people who are writing in. Okay, so let's get the party started. This is from Sanjeev, who is 35. His wife is 34. They've got a four month old baby and they are renters in Dallas. They make about $280,000 together. And he writes, we started maxing out Roth 401ks last year. Current balance is thirty thousand for him, forty thousand for her. Did the backdoor Roth this year and last year, so they've got about twenty four thousand dollars there. They've got a brokerage account with one hundred eighty thousand dollars. They're contributing two thousand dollars a month into some Vanguard funds and eighteen thousand dollars in muni bonds. They've got uh, employee stock options twenty five grand, I bonds of twenty thousand dollars, and cash of three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Wow. They also have a Nevada 529 plan for the kiddo and has $3,500 in it. Okay. Oh, this is why they have so much cash. We will be closing on our new construction sometime in the next six months. So it's a $570,000 cost. I have locked an interest rate at 4.5%. I'm planning to put down $170,000 and take a loan for $400,000. My monthly payment will be $3,400. We're planning to do an additional $1,000 payment each month from monthly cash flow. Do you recommend doing the extra payment as my interest rate is high? No, I don't. I don't think I would do that. I would just get your rate lock, okay? I would keep your cash on hand. You're taking a, you know, a nice, you're putting a big chunk down, okay? Um, but here's, here's the th- reasoning from Sanjeev's point of view. I was planning to build on the cash reserve and then wait for the real estate market and interest rate market to correct and then buy rental property hmm when then put down 20 percent cash from my reserve leaving 80 in emergency reserve hopefully the numbers work out with rental income paying the mortgage and tax bill do you recommend rental property as an investment i cannot recommend this at all um first of all i don't know are you are you have you ever rented before have you ever been a landlord before um is it really necessary for you to use your liquidity like this i am concerned i would really like to know more about what is behind this you're going to buy the house that's great don't make extra payments if anything i would say that you know you guys are at the great earning years prime earning years this is all good just do what you're doing Don't get involved with rental property right now. If there were to be a correction, then you might be able to take advantage of it. But I wouldn't plan on this. I think it's very complicated to to do that unless you've done it before and you know what you're doing. Someone just called me recently and said, oh, I want to buy rental property in Brooklyn. How do I know how much to pay? And I immediately was like, you have no idea what you're doing. So please don't do this. You know, so let's try to stick to our lanes for a little bit and, you know, do the work, figure it out and manage your own financial life right the way you're doing it. And let's not go beyond that. And if you have another kid, you're going to want to do more in the 529. So I would just pop that money in the brokerage account. That's what I would do. Okay. Janice is 67. She says, I want to pull from my Roth IRA for the 20% down payment I need to purchase a home with my family, with the intent that Money will come back to me in three to five years with hopefully 5% interest. We would be the co-borrower. The 
place has a mother-in-law home on the property for me. The plan is for them to refinance the house in three to five years, pay me back and phase me out of being the co-owner. The 130,000 is almost all I have in my Roth IRA. The rest of the money is in a traditional IRA. My total portfolio is $400,000 at this time. I have no other assets. I don't draw social security yet. I still work for a small income. I will pay rent on the new place. My plan is to work until age 70. I'm concerned that shifting my IRA into the housing market is a bad idea. Guess what, Janice? You're right. Don't do this. Don't do this. I know She says, I know the return of investment would probably be better in the stock market, but the housing option would be helping my family and securing a place to live for me. Hopefully, I'll make some money. I don't think I'll need this money for at least three years. I don't think this is a good idea, Janice. I'd like to know more about the rest of the family and who has money and what other options we have, because I don't think it is smart for you with total portfolio $400,000 to yank a big chunk of it that's already been taxed, for God's sakes, and use it for a hurt home purchase. Um, what would be really helpful for us is to hear from who else is going in on this project, and maybe we can come up with a better plan of action, which would secure the property for everyone. So that's what I'd like to know. Okay. Now, this is from Olivia, who writes, My husband and I have always focused on retirement savings. And as our kids, 15 and 13, approach college age, is it too late for 529s? Okay, let's see. We will both be eligible for pensions that will cover our expenses during retirement. That's good. They've got $1.2 million in investments. $900,000 is pre-tax, three hundred dollars is in Roth. This year, we stopped 403B pre-tax contributions. We continue funding Roth 457s and Roth IRAs and are planning to cash flow college by diverting funds from the 457 as needed when the tuition bills start rolling in. Shooting for public colleges, 40 grand a year. That's great. Okay, should we start an I-bond ladder to help with college in a few years instead of starting a 529 at this late stage? We earn 225 grand a year and have been in the 22% federal bracket. We live in California, high-tax state gang, um, and they look like they're going to push into 24% um, since they stopped their pre-tax retirement contributions. Previously, we had been saving $90,000 per year, which made me comfortable thinking we just cash flow tuition. Should we stop the 457 contributions now and just pay tax on our earnings before the tax rates reset past 2025? Should we start adding to our brokerage account to have more flexibility than in a 529? If we start 529s, how should we allocate with such a short time horizon? Okay, let's go back. I think you have the game plan. You actually laid it out for me, so I don't have to do the work. Great. Thank you so much for that, Olivia. Yes, I would stop the 457 contributions now. I'd pay the tax on your earnings. And then I would put that money into a 529 account. And I would absolutely use that because, I mean, especially for the 13-year-old, because you've got five, six, seven years to go. And the money's tax-free if you use it for college. So to me, that's even better than locking things up with an I-bond ladder. I really think this is a good idea for you. Now, the way you invest it is you pick a plan and, you know, I'm guessing that, you know, you can use the New York plan, you can use the Utah plan, any plan that's cheap. And then what you're going to do is for the older one, you're going to pick a wimpy portfolio. You can either do the age-based one or you can just, you know, kind of put some of the money in fixed. And as the kids are approaching college, whatever the tuition bill will be, you're going to have that amount in cash for that year so that it's not at risk. And I would absolutely do that. I think that using a 529 is going to be the most 
efficient thing for you to do, even though it's a bit of a late start. And I wouldn't, yeah, you're going to pay taxes, but yes, you're also going to have to deal with the idea or someone's going to have to deal with the idea that after 2025, which all of a sudden is coming around the corner, a lot of the tax cuts are supposed to sunset and reset. And we'll see what happens. Usually, Congress does not like to see rates go up, but you never know. We don't know where we're going to be in 2025, okay? Ben writes, I'm contributing $583 a month to a Roth to max it out and $300 to non-IRA mutual funds. I'm losing thousands on paper and I feel like I'm throwing the money away. Why shouldn't I put that $900 a month into a money market? At least I can see my money every month. The argument is for growth, but it's not growing. I didn't realize any tax benefit for 2021. I had to pay for gains. I'm paying for negative growth and taxes. Nothing about this feels right. Convince me to stay the course. Retirement is in six years. Well, first of all, you're not going to pull the money out in six years. You're going to pull anything that you have into a Roth. You're going to hopefully not have to tap for a long, long time. Yeah, it sucks when the market goes down. Did someone promise you that markets go up all the time, Ben? I'm sorry if that was the case. You should, over time, be able to earn money if you hold it for a, a diversified portfolio and you don't tinker around with it. If you just put $900 money uh, a month into the money market, um, you can know that that money market, which is probably earning less than a half a percent, is getting eaten up by inflation. Yes, I know. The market has been down and that sucks. It really does. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. But right now you're buying shares at a 15% discount to where they were at the beginning of the year. And I bet you didn't feel bad about putting money in at the top of the market. You probably felt damn good. So being an investor means you have to endure these periods. I am so sorry. It really is not fun. But yes, you're going to have to just either suck it up and look at the long term. And it's not that you're going to need this money in six years because you're going to need that money to last a lot longer than six years. Don't throw the towel in just yet. Okay. Tashawn is 45 years old and single, and she bought her current home with cash. Oh my God, listen to this. It was a bank foreclosure during the housing crisis in, 20, in 2007. And so she's never had a mortgage. Her home is valued at somewhere between $150,000 to $200,000. She says, I want to take out a home equity line of credit and use it to purchase a duplex as income property. I would rent the lower apartment to my mother. Oh, a lot of multi-generational families. Uh, she makes fifty-four grand a year. She's got forty-three thousand dollars in retirement. What do you think, gang? Good idea. What do you think I'm going to say? No, don't do this. I'll tell you what I would do. If perhaps if you, if you like your home, then let's try to figure out how we can do something cool with your house to have your mom come join you. If, however, you are feeling like no, we really want our separate property, then sell your house and buy the duplex. You live in one side, mom lives in the other. You only have $43,000 in retirement. We want to beef that up. You don't make a ton of money. And I don't think that I would have you use a line of credit to make this transaction. I don't think it's a good idea. I do love the idea that you guys are really thinking about your families. And I do love the idea of multi-generational families because it can work out brilliantly. I have friends who did this with um, one of the mothers. It was great. It worked out beautifully for a long time. And it just, uh, I don't know, like sometimes there's something really kind of a throwback, nice feeling about that. But that means that you still have to be responsible to your own financial future. And so in this case, I don't think that's a great idea. I really don't. All right. Are you thinking about multi-generational 
dwellings? Are you thinking about pulling money out of retirement to do something with your your desire to become a landlord? Are you thinking about whether or not to take a job in a different place, a different location? Any kind of question like that? Are you are you flummoxed by markets? Are you worried? We're here for you. All you need to do is go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button. Let us know if you would be willing to come on the air. And while you're on the website, just know we've got all sorts of great content. You can check everything out. I've been on TV a lot. A couple of times I did my hair myself. It didn't look too bad. I mean, with all due respect to my fabulous hair people at work, um, sometimes you just got to rush and get it done. So check that out. Uh, we've got the free weekly newsletter. You know that. And, uh, you know, we have great resources on this on the uh, on the site also. So let us know if there's any resources we should use to kind of help out with others. OK, it's Friday the 13th and we'll do some business. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Talercio is the executive producer, the best in the world. And we are distributed by the fine folks at Cadence 13. Uh, So please try to lift someone up today. Take a deep breath. Do not let these markets rattle you, gang. If you feel rattled and you're about to do something, please get in touch with us. We will calm you down, I promise. Grit, growth, grace. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.